Here's the snapback. Here's the kick. He's got the leg into it. If it is good, and it is! Austin scores! A 49-yard field goal, and Indiana leads 27 to 24. Oh, it's an end around one to go. Rolling out of the pocket to a strong hand. Delivers deep down the field. Caught touchdown! Fry Fogel again! It's time to talk about the fatties. And I'm not talking about the stuff Brandon was messing with yesterday. I'm talking about the big boys up front. This is the OEO podcast, and I'm your host. Michael Bragg, you can find me on Twitter at Braggley. That's at B-R-A-G-G-L-E-Y. I'm here with my co-host. As always, it's Brandon Dubich. You can find him on Twitter under his name, at Brandon Dubich. It's Brandon spelled traditionally Dubich, D-U-B-I-C-H. What's up, Brando? Not much. Uh, here in Indiana today, uh, April 21st, we had a snowstorm, a it, thunderstorm. It rained, it rained snow. Yeah. Um, it was a weird day. So it snowed rain. Uh, rained, rain. Let's cap it off with talking offensive linemen. Yeah. It was beautiful at different points, too. It felt like you can look outside and be like, wow, what a great spring day. Why is there snow on that person's roof? <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I think it's a perfect day to talk about the big boys, the offensive linemen, the old hog mollies. Uh, what other things can we come up with? I don't know. Uh, it's just battle in the trenches, right? Right. This is a p- position group that neither you or I, nor I, one of mm-hmm. them, um, are very familiar with. Uh, but we know the players, we know kind of what they do, but we won't really talk too much. Go about their forward, schemes. don't get pushed backwards. That's exactly the end of my knowledge, and continue of, to uh, and eat lots of food. Yes. Like lots of food, like a little bit more than what I eat on a daily basis. Um, I'm headed towards right guard status at the moment. So no, you're you're H back. You're solid H back right now. Yeah, is that like tight end? Am I like Hindi? Kind of. It's 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 H back is when you can't catch. Like you're just big like enough to Watt, block. Like Watts, brother. The one correct. That, the one on yeah. the Steelers, TJ or uh, Derek Watt. Derek Watt. Yes, yeah, I'll take Watt. it. I'll be in a subway commercial. Um, all right. So let's talk about the stuff we came here to talk about. Let's talk about the offensive line. Uh, real quick, let's do some position notes. Uh, some interesting stuff that I found out because I'm not real high on this position. Um, no pun intended to the intro. Um, we led the Big Ten in fewest sacks allowed per game and we're 17th in the country. When you do that, you would think you have a pretty good offensive line. That's that's right? super surprising because I mean I think Penix holds on to the ball forever and Tuttle scrambles. Like I don't think we're not one, we're not an offense that is based on quick throwing. And two, we don't have we have quarterbacks that play against what you would think. That's a super surprising stat. Um, but I mean positive. Definitely yeah. positive. I mean, they were super inconsistent, I felt like individually. Maybe as a unit, they were okay. Um, we do know that the run game was uh, subpar for what we've been used to maybe the last 
eight years or so um, yeah. with this team. Uh, they moved pieces around, which was weird. Uh, I mean, unless there was an injury, I, I don't think I've really seen so much. I mean, even I'm talking mid game, moving team, moving pieces around, uh, swapping the tackles, moving some guards out. Um, that was a weird thing to see. We you even saw that in the, in the bowl game quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of, again, to make an apples to oranges comparison, it's kind of like switching your starting lineup in basketball. I mean, like something's got to work. Some, some combination of this has got to work. Um, yeah, it was odd. I mean, normally that's something that, you know, you want to build consistency around, but I think we were just trying to plug and play, not because of injuries, but just find, what uh, what combination worked? And, and sadly, I don't I don't think we ever got there. Yeah, and I think I've got a little bit of bowl game hurt us in the bowl game. Yeah, bad. big time, big time. Uh, I think I've got a little bit of PSD, PTSD. I don't know what PSD is. Some police department or something. I don't know. Um, PTSD with <laughs> the Colts, <laughs> with the Colts uh, issues that they had when Luck was here. Um, Everything was great around Andrew Luck, except for that offensive line, and they would constantly change it. Um, except for you guys, you guys just kept drafting wide receivers and Ed Rush. Well, they would draft some like dude out of Texas Tech, and he was awful. Like, I don't know what they were doing. Well, we knew Grigson was just not good, so that was what the problem was. And then what happens is when we get a competent GM, we've got if not the best, one of the best offensive lines in the league over the last couple of years. So that's what happens when you have consistency and that's what we need. And I think that the names I'm going to say are pretty consistent with what we've been seeing, except for the center uh, when Harry Kreider is uh, on his way, hopefully to the NFL. And then there's probably just like one other new name in here that I think is probably a starter um, or at least is going to be, one of those guys that is could play or or you know kind of plug himself in there at some point. So let's dive right into it. Um, I'll start with the big guy, um, everybody's favorite offensive lineman on the team. Slap of the base, big guy. Yeah, big Caleb Jones, man, beast. Dude, Six. how funny was it seeing him stay on the side? Massive freshman. Yeah, like I, yeah. I remember we we had unbelievable seats that season, um, and we 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 could literally pretty much just see everyone's faces on the sidelines. And even as a freshman, that dude was just giant. Yeah. He came in at six, eight, six, eight. I want to say he came in six, eight, three eighty or something ridiculous. He's lost weight. He's lost weight and he's still massive. He's still six, eight, believe it or not. You don't shrink whenever you lose weight normally. Um, so six, eight, three sixty two is what he's listed on the official roster. Uh, this is kind of, what you tapped into a little bit at the beginning. Uh, if you want to see somebody that struggled in the bowl game, like one particular person, that was him. I think he gets, um, I think he can be beaten, be beaten. Is that a thing? Beaten, be um, beaten. How much wood could it would chuck, chuck it would Yes. With quickness. If you have a quick uh, defensive end play, yeah, I mean, he think struggles laterally. I, I, yeah. I, you know, he definitely struggles laterally, and you're going to when you're that big. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, I think he has NFL size, but what is he going to have to work on? He is going to get drafted. They are going to have to work on his side to side. I mean, the cone drill is going to be in, vitally important for this guy. 
um, as he prepares for the NFL draft. Um, yeah, so that, that's what he struggles with. And, um, but again, I mean, he has NFL size. That's, that's the thing that you're going to hear me be a broken record with. I'm tired of our line always being the smallest. Yeah. I, I don't remember ever before this season, I could say, and we've had some good individual offensive line play, but outside of one or two guys, normally our offensive line is small. And we yeah. finally have, again, Caleb being the biggest uh, of them all, but we all have got everyone on the starting uh, offensive line is 300 pounds plus. Yeah. That's something uh, that, that we didn't see very, very often in individual players here. Um, no, I mean, again, cause we were playing with mostly high Mac, low major offensive linemen. Mm -hmm. We have a, a, we have the size. Now we just have to develop it. Yeah. And, and I think that's the next step. And I think Caleb is probably example number one with that. Yeah. I think that, and you talked a little bit about his footwork and I kind of tapped into that too, like with him being able to be beat around the outside. Um, around the they season loved season. him. <laughs> they loved him in camp his freshman year talking about how, how good his feet were compared to what they thought they were going to get when he came in. He was always a work in progress when he came in as a recruit um, with that. When you're that big, you're maybe overlooked by a bunch, uh, a little bit of the bigger guys around. Um, we took a shot at him, knew he'd be a project coming in and surprised a lot of people when he got in here. So um, I think developing him and, and I think consistency and just leaving him in one position. Now he's, you put him at left tackle when you have Pinnock's in because he's not a number one. He's not, like your number one tackle. I think your number one tackles Matt Bedford, which we'll talk about here as we go through the line, but let's move on to uh, the first interior lineman. If you want to talk about him, you can, he's the Stanford transfer from 2019. He's still with us. Well, of course he's still Again, alive, yeah, but he's still with the team. You, you love guys that are 25 years old. I mean, he has uh, he has man strength at this point. Um, Dylan Powell is, it was an absolute home run transfer. Uh, he started every game. He can play every interior position. He's he's the Swiss Army knife that is absolutely integral because there's going to be injuries on the offensive line. It's a physical position. Um, again, down in the trenches, ding, the second time I said it, um, down in the trenches, uh, it, you, you need a guy who can be versatile. And I actually think Dylan Powell is probably our most important um, offensive lineman because of his versatility. Yeah. And what, what's what's the best ability? Versus availability. 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 Okay. Um, and he <laughs> played every single game. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's my breakdown on Dylan. Got it. Here's a guy I'm pretty excited about. I think our starting center this year is going to be the transfer from Michigan. Yes. Zach Carpenter. He's going to be again. I say these classes, and they don't mean anything. I don't think Brandon always kind of said it corrects me on what they're all, what they are, what he thinks they are. Nobody fucking knows anymore. If they graduate and leave one day, I'll just be like, Oh, okay. Well, I guess he was done. Um, so I think he's going to be a red shirt sophomore based off of tradition. He would be a red shirt sophomore, six, five, three twenty, Michigan transfer. And he started the last two games for them last year at center. Um, so it was nice to have him nice to have him in here with a little bit of experience, but I think he's, he was a pretty good recruit coming out of high school. Now with 
Yeah. A lot of times with offensive linemen, you don't see very often at all. You'll never see like a five-star center or a five-star no, guard. No, Occasionally you'll see your positions. Yeah. So anything three stars is, is usually something that you can work with. And when you talk, you dipped into the Mac thing with, it's so hard to, to judge these offensive linemen. I'm sure in high school compared to what they can be and be developed into like look Spriggs, Feeney, you know, Wes Martin, like those, those players are NFL players now that who, I mean, they were not highly recruited players. So nope. let's move on from you Zach. Know, let's, uh, oh yeah. No, one, one last thing on Zach again, he's got versatility too. He was a guard coming out. So I, I think you're right. I do think he he's penciled in at center, especially since, you know, he started on Michigan, um, a bad Michigan team, but Michigan nonetheless, I mean, they, they have talent. I think it's a coaching issue up there in Ann Arbor. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's a coaching but, issue. Yeah, I mean, again, he's another running. guy that has that versatility. Um, so that, that's why you're going to hear me refer to a lot of them as just interior offensive linemen, because you could easily flip Dylan Powell and Zach Carpenter easily. Yeah. Yep. So um, the next guy, again, we don't want to be flipping anybody. I know what you're saying, but let's let's try to keep everybody where they're supposed to be, and let's leave them alone. Um, this is a this may be a surprise one, I think. I threw in Mike Mike is it Mike Kadich? Kadich. Kadich. Yep. Threw in Mike Kadich in there. Sophomore. Uh, he played four games last year at left guard, didn't start. Again, there's a lot of people, if you go through the roster, you'll see, hey, he played this game, he played this game, this game. You shouldn't have this many offensive linemen that are playing in those games last year because those are conference games. Now, if we're up by 40 against Idaho, yeah, go ahead, throw in your freshman offensive lineman. But you need to have consistency on this line something I look forward to hopefully in, in the next few years, but I plugged him in here. There's a guy we'll talk about here in a little bit. McKenzie Norwa. At least I'll just talk about him now. I guess he could throw, he could be thrown in there. He was kind of brought in and out last year as well. Uh, six, four, three, 11 for Kadic. Um, Offensive newcomer of the year last year. It's yep. nice to know <laughs> an offensive lineman was offensive newcomer of the year. That's great. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be a LEO podcast if I didn't find a way to shoehorn a Pittsburgh reference. Um, but Michael Kittick, uh did go to Pine Richland, um, which is the football powerhouse uh, in, in Western Michigan and really the entire state. Um, if you were looking um, for, for an Indiana comparison, it's the Carmel. Um, their, their school wins all of, the, uh, of the, the country club sports, and they're always there for the, uh, the Power 5 sports as well. Um, so again, he, he comes from a very good school. Um, and again, he's, he's already pretty acclaimed. So I, I don't think that's a stretch to see him start there. Uh, but I do think you have options. Um, you have him, you have Mackenzie Nora, you have Tim Weaver, you have Fia Cable coming in. You know, I definitely think you have some options there at right guard. I think it's probably the position that, uh, has the biggest question mark not in uh, a talent, not in performance, but just who's going to slot into that spot. Yeah. And uh, let's get to the right tackle side, the blind side for Mike Penix. I'll let you talk you about your, your boy. This is your favorite offensive lineman. This best is your favorite lineman. guy. Go ahead. Yep. No, I mean, I, yeah, again, um, lefty quarterback. So you need, uh, you need the left tackle be your right tackle here. He's got NFL size at 6'6", 3'10". 
Um, he, he has started a, a number amount of games. He, he comes from Mississippi. We, we stole him. Uh, I don't know what, I don't know if it was signing day or close to it. I mean, this was a massive recruiting steal. Mm-hmm. Um, he, his play has dipped a little bit, but again, he's playing a new position. Um, so again, I think he will really benefit from uh, a full off season uh, and a full training camp. I still think Matt, uh, Matthew Bedford is probably our um, most talented and most likely to get drafted the highest out of this entire position group. Sure. So um, I think the Mississippi thing, you had me convinced there too. This uh, Matt is a Tennessee kid, Tennessee guy. Okay. Tennessee guy. So um, I think that's right. That's right. So the Mississippi tie in was everybody was saying he was going to Mississippi state. Okay. I That's had the Mississippi what it was. State thing wrong. And right we, college, wrong state. Yeah. And we stole him at the last second. So it was between us. Cordova's was, like down in like Memphis though. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. On, it's a Memphis, Memphis area school. I'm not that far. All right. So let's talk about some of the people that played last year um, that could see some time as well at, at right tackle, which I don't think he'll play unless we, we run into some sort of injuries. Uh, now he does bring experience as Luke Haggard, 6'7", 291. Uh, Juco transfer that came in last year and played. Uh, he had four starts at left tackle. Uh, I, if you combine all the starts that is that I've put together from the official IU roster, I think that we played 47 games. Um, but there's four definite starts that they said at left tackle last year. He is a possible starter as a replacement for Caleb for Caleb Jones. Um maybe they give him a year off to work on it a little bit. If he's struggling in the spring, again, we don't hear a whole lot for a lot of really good things about Matt Bedford coming out of the spring. Um, so we'll see what happens. And then one of the other guys that I think may see some time is Aiden Rafferty, uh, a junior six, six He played in all, well, I can't remember how many games we played last year, but he played in seven games last year. Um, could also see some time. He is primarily a left tackle. Uh, but you know, the way that we move those tackles around, who knows? So do you want to touch on any of the other possible, um, no, yeah, I just, I just wanted to touch on both of those backups here real quick. Um, IU Luke Haggard and Aiden Rafferty were starters for IU in the past 30 years, 25 to 30 years. That's yeah. the guys we were rolling out. We were rolling out guys in their two hundreds, Juco transfers, borderline two and three stars that's not who you want to be starting but that's that's good depth you want these guys as depth guys guys that can play a handful of series a game whether um whether it's because of injury or exhaustion or or what the plethora of reasons that it could be um iu likes to sub every position out um luke haggard did get a lot of run for caleb jones uh why because caleb jones is a big boy and he gets tired Mm-hmm. Um, you know, also he was getting his butt whooped. So Luke Haggard played a lot in the Outback Bowl. Um, but again, they're, they're, they're quality backup. And that's not something I use always had normally when, you know, I remember when IU was rock, you know, rolling out tight end can, you know, people that played tight end to play offensive line. Um, the fact that IU can even say we have transfers and scholarship players that could start on as backups shows the progression of this program. So neither one of them are, are starter caliber, but hey, at least we have depth. And, and IU hasn't been able to say that for decades. Absolutely. So 
touching into depth, let's talk about um, the incoming freshmen. Uh, there's a couple. Holy cow, studs. I know. A couple. A couple. There's two that are coming in. Uh, both of them have enrolled early. Both of them are very possible starters next year, I think. Um, the first guy I want to talk about is a, is a local kid out of Brownsburg, Indiana. Uh, 2019 state champion with Brownsburg High School. Uh, Josh Sales, he's 6'6", 305, three-star recruit, big-time recruit. I think we battled with uh, Purdue a little bit um, with him, but he was pretty solid on IU almost his entire recruiting um, stint. So I think he's a very – I think they're both going to redshirt um, if I'm just going to take a guess that's at the it. Importance. But, Again, I'm, I'm beating a dead horse. That's the importance yeah. of Luke Haggard and Aiden. And having depth, exactly. You, you, you would be forced to play these freshmen who, you know – maybe aren't ready physically or systemically. Um, but again, that, that depth allows you to build up a bullpen, which is so important for a position group, like offensive and defensive line. Definitely. And he passes the very important eye test from the pictures that I've seen of him in uniform, in practice, looks like a player. So that's You're it. Gonna bring up eyes again, are you? Please don't bring up eyes. We covered that last week. Don't do it again. Eyes. Did I bring up eyes? What did I talk about with eyes last year? We're last not. Uh, we're not gonna bring it up. We're not. We're just. Okay. We're not gonna bring it up. We're not gonna bring it up. Okay. Well, I'll let you bring up the other recruit that is here. He's not here, but he's in Bloomington. You want to talk about him? Fia Cable, Vinny. Yeah. Or Fia yeah. Cable. Probably Fia Cable is what they'll call him be a cable yeah i'm home <laughs> Vinny because i i love there you that go. um in it we got him for fort wayne if we want to talk about purdue country um purdue has just feasted off uh, off guys in that region notre dame and purdue we have we have not been able to take talent from that area very often um and i think he probably he probably becomes a three-year starter um we were just saying that right guard is probably our weakest position. I think if we allow Vinny to get a year under his belt, I think you slide him as a starter um, and you have Carpenter and him for two or three years. I think you're building some very nice interior offensive lineman depth um, there. And then you got Cameron Knight and Tim Weaver, uh, who I briefly talked about before. I mean, those are four guys that can really anchor down those three positions for the next three or four years. Um, so yeah, I agree. I agree. And so he has that's the size. I mean, he's six four. He's six four three hundred. Eighteen yeah. year old. That's yep. insane. Yep. And uh, that wraps it up for the incoming freshman, which is a, a pretty short thing for uh, offensive line. Usually, we pull in five or six. It almost seems like every year, but since we have so much depth, did you did you touch on? I wasn't. Well, I'll admit, I wasn't fully paying attention. Did you touch a little bit on the other two freshmen that are in? Now and Tim Weaver and Cameron Knight, you talked about them too briefly. Just that they were depth guys, and Tom Allen yeah. was talking about them. Okay, um, which again, Tom Tom Allen isn't a BS guy. No, Tom Allen does not BS. You want to know who else doesn't BS? The Monon Track Club doesn't BS. God, that's a professional transition. They just don't. Professional. That's right. The Monon Track Club is Indiana's running brand built on a deep love for the sport in the Hoosier State. They craft products, tell stories, and create experiences to, that aim to celebrate support and add to Indiana's running culture. Nobody in this podcast likes to run. We do from time to time, but I don't like it. That doesn't mean that you can't support and buy these sick hoodies, sick t-shirts, sick hats, sick stickers, just sickness. 
not real sickness because that would be messed up down with the sickness but covid19 super cool super cool stuff super cool dude that owns it iu grad deal with check them out just check them out the show notes will have the website and promo code a promo code is for 10 percent off your purchase uh unlimited use for that code so just just make sure that he feels feels the heat make him feel the heat on that code leo10 it's l-e-o-1-0 leo10 at the promo code gets you 10 percent off at monontrackclub.com now it's off to everybody's favorite part of the podcast i can't imagine this is going to be too intense but it's brando's randos brando what you got bud all right, so we've said it since we've been doing this podcast that we believe we can be the next Michigan State, the next Wisconsin. What do they have? They, ha- they win in the trenches. They win at this pursuit of attack. Can IU recruit and develop Michigan State and Ohio State type or Michigan State and Wisconsin level offensive linemen? Because I think we can do it in the skill positions, Tom Allen's defense. This is the position group I'm the most worried about for us to make that consistent jump into those two type of programs. Uh, it's tough. I don't even know the answer. I'd say no. I, I think you add. can. I think you can. I think that that Coach Hiller is a, is a great um, offensive line coach. Do I think that – do I think I'm talking – Wisconsin, no. Michigan State, yes, I think so. Um, we've put they out. They always pretty, seemed big. I mean, yeah. Michigan State always seemed big on offense and defense. And I think that you'll start to see that coming in. I mean, you can look at the that the guys coming in are six six and six four. Um, some of the recruiting buzz that we'll talk here about a little bit. I won't get into their names because we'll talk to them here in just a second. But six five, six five starting right now six eight six three six five six four six 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 seven so they're they're big offensive line they're all almost all of them are over 300 pounds it's it's trending that direction but now it's just taking what talent that they have creating a consistent model with that and then you know pushing them into the nfl and that we have produced some pretty decent offensive linemen i mean wes martin's been been really good um and a surprise at the washington football team and then uh dan feeney now with the jets uh has started since his rookie year from what i believe and then the one guy that struggled a little bit and i think it's a just a you know you get that one really good player that just ends up in a bad spot being drafted by the packers Spriggs Spriggs. had to sit behind uh bakhtiari is that who that was And he's so, in. yeah, and that's not going to that's not going to work. And now he's at like the worst run football program in the history of the NFL. So, um, hey, <laughs> that being the Chicago Bears. So for him to see the field as consistently now we're talking, he's pushing 28 ish. He's probably been out for six years now. So um, he needs to get on the field here pretty soon, but he's a great offensive you know, all American as a senior and everything. So uh, I've just been rambling about Jason Spriggs for way too long now. So let's move on. What's the next one? So no, this is going to be horrible podcasting, but I'm going to get a kick out of it. And so is Seth. 
is, uh, I won't say his name, um, but will your youngest son be the next great Noblesville offensive lineman? <laughs> he's, uh, he was looking like he's going to trend that direction, but he's thinning out quite a bit. So um, I don't think so. I think he'll be, he'll either back his brother up at quarterback um, like the hefty lefty, or he'll be his brother's uh, number one target as a tight end. So we'll see. Oh, so I'm, see, I'm thinking of uh, Varsity Blues. I think um, I think your oldest son has a lot of Lance in him, and I think uh, um, I think I think your youngest one's got a lot of the other guy that I'm blanking on his name, but uh, the one that I, had the pet pig. You're gonna have to ask uh, ask the producer. Billy, Billy, Bob. Billy, Billy Bob. Billy Bob. There That's we go. Right. There we go. Oldest son Lance. Youngest son Billy Bob. Is Lance Vanderbeek? Uh, no, no Lance was, was yeah, Paul Walker. Oh, the okay. weak knees. Okay. Beckett doesn't have weak knees, bro. Yeah, but he was on scholarship to go to Florida State. So. <laughs> He's not going to Florida State. <laughs> not going to All right, trash let's program. Move, uh, <laughs> let's move on to uh, recruiting buzz. Sorry, sorry, everyone. Brando's Randos for offensive line. With <laughs> line. <laughs> He's got a point. I mean, my youngest son was a... Uh, uh, Roly poly, as they yeah, say. I, I haven't, I haven't seen your boys in about four months. I need to see you. I need to see him again. I yeah, yeah they're God. here. You can come babysit him whenever you want. So, um, so yeah. Usually we'll do a crystal ball here where we try to predict the starter and everything, which we probably already did there with the depth chart. Um, it's kind of hard to do one in particular person. Bedford makes an All Big Ten team. There you it go. Might be third, and it might be honorable mention, but I think Bedford. That's my crystal ball. Okay. We have one lineman making All Big Ten team. Oh, I think Carpenter would make one. I hope. We haven't seen him play a second. Yeah, i just taken a guess. Just because center. You just have to be decent at center, and usually you'll make one. Yeah, let's talk about recruiting bus. I'm really excited about this one. And this one seems to be trending in a, in a very positive direction. Uh, I want to say his name the wrong way, but I won't. I believe it's Demon. Demon. Or Demon. <laughs> it's not Demon. It's no, no, da- but say it from your from Southern Indiana. Damon. Oh, Damon. It's Damon. Damon, Damon Moore. Uh, Fort Wayne kid. Offensive guard. Southern Indiana must hate me. I make fun of them every podcast. Right. So, yeah. So, talking about Damon. Uh, he's out of Fort Wayne. He's a guard. He's 6'5", 315. I think he transitions to be a tackle if he comes. Uh, with that size, 6'5", 315. If, we, if he can... Again, I don't know anything about him. I'm not going to research too much into him until he actually commits. But um, you know how much offensive highlight films I've watched of recruits? Zero. No. I mean, if it was possible to watch negative amount of yeah. recruiting film for offensive linemen, I would have done that. Yeah. So he's got an official visit set up for uh, June 18th, which it's nice to have these back again. Thank God. Uh, these like are a happening. Million guys coming. It's a crazy. bunch, a bunch, all in Our June. Right as soon as they can open, the floodgates will open into Bloomington. Beautiful Bloomington with the limestone and the flowers and all that stuff. So um, much better to. I got married on on IU's campus in June. Yeah, you did. I was there. Hell, I was there. You cried. It was very hot. Um, <laughs> so he's a high three star recruit. Uh, as I said, six five three fifteen. That's about all I got. He's got a bunch of different, bunch of big offers. Um, so hopefully we can hold off some other. And I hate to say this now because I feel like we're we shouldn't have to worry about him anymore. If he wants to come, he can come. If not, then whatever. So uh, let's. Well, I'll let you talk about the other guy, the the other 
big time as far as like God, I got I got some intense breakdown of Tyler Gibson. Do it. Big, Bring it on. He's from the south and he's highly rated. I love it. Done. What, what are things that I like? Big from the south, highly rated. Yep. Check check check. And he's officially like visiting. <laughs> yes, and he's visiting same day, six eighteen. Uh, so if any of you guys like the big boys, <laughs> head on down to Bloomington on six eighteen and wait for him. <laughs> or or don't. Maybe don't. That's weird. Don't do that. So don't tweet uh, at recruits. Yeah, don't, don't definitely don't do that. Don't tweet at recruits. Don't don't tweet at players either. Maybe that's a different pod. We'll do that. Um, that's it, man. Let's wrap it up Great. with a position grade and uh, put this yeah. snooze fest to bed. Yeah, no kidding. Um, again, just to recap my grades, I've given an A, an A minus. And an A minus. So I have been very biased so far, um, which is why today uh, I'm going to go with um, C minus here. Uh, I was Ooh. thinking even D plus. Um, it's our worst position by far. It almost cost us uh, the Wisconsin game. Tuttle was running for his life quite a bit. Um, it, 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 I'd say it was the reason we lost the. Uh, the Outback Bowl. I mean, Tuttle got injured in the first quarter because he couldn't stay upright. Um, that wasn't the reason Penix got hurt, but Penix had to flush out himself out of the pocket. He he was he was in that pocket. It wasn't like he held on forever. He he had to scramble right away. Yeah. So I mean, the offensive line was horrible. Actually, I'm changing it. I'm, I'm talking oh, myself no. into oh, D plus no. for the offensive line. You didn't um, even talk about how bad they were at the run game. They, I mean, Stevie Scott's a good back, and he he's often getting hit at the line of scrimmage or behind and falling forward for a yeah. yard or two. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it was just horrifically bad with talent that's there. I mean, again, I, I feel like I, we were both very complimentary in the beginning with complimenting the size and the pedigree and the depth, which is all there, but it just needs to get put together because the result results in the field uh, last year were were very poor. Uh, so I give it a D plus with a chance to get into B territory. Um, I don't think quite we have the talent to get into the eighth uh, category like we do with the other position groups, um, but the talent's certainly there. It just needs to get put together. I agree. Uh, I don't agree with everything, but I agree with that last statement. Uh, I will give it a C, um, and I'll explain how why. Bro, how was our offensive line average? Let me let me get in there. Let me get in there. So. Uh, we really need to improve the run game blocking. Uh, that's really bad. And the protection for Penix. I mean, they led the Big Ten in, in sacks allowed per game Shit at stat. one and a quarter. Um, Penix is, is good at avoiding sacks. He got hit so much. Like, <laughs> So much like after the after the ball had left, and that's on the offensive line. When's the um, last time we we finished a season with the starter that we've had? I mean, it's been forever. Lego can't Lego yeah. got benched, I guess. Um, he didn't get hurt, but I mean, it's been a while. The Foster oh. Farms, the Foster Farms Bowl. He that season he played the whole season. But that's what I'm saying. Like our offensive line has just just hurt us for so long, and it needs to change. Yeah. So what I think it is, but you call them average is consistency. If you can keep these kids 
in one position where you don't have a left tackle with all of his perfect left tackle footwork switching in the middle of the game to the right tackle position. And then you're switching around guards or taking them out, putting them back in, let them all play, man. Was like develop a good Archie offensive line that tried to make a lefty a right-handed shooter. I think oh, it was it's Tom, probably Archie. No, it's I think it was Tom Crean made Curtis Jones. He was a lefty and then made him start shooting right. I don't know. I wish he would have left him alone because he was. Did he go to Oklahoma State? Then Penn State. I mean, the guy was Penn. Everywhere. Oh yeah, Penn State is a grad transfer. Yeah, I think he. But no, it was it was definitely yeah. Curtis Jones, and I don't remember I which liked terrible him. coach I it liked was. Curtis Jones, or Ar- 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 Archie, or Tom. That was Tom Crean. That was a Tom Crean recruit. Well, yeah, I mean, keep them at the positions that they're at. Quit. Ah, I just got my Pittsburgh. Ah, just keep them there. Position with their ah. Yeah, but I agree with you. Quit. Yeah. Messing it up with it. Yeah. Next week, um, I guess we'll just flip over to the other side of the ball. Be another quick pod. Yeah. Well, maybe. I kind of like the defensive line. I want to talk a lot about Ryder and uh, everyone is running away from the program. So we've lost uh, <laughs> two defensive tackles. Nah, I'm not that worried about him. Couldn't make the I like Damari Damari Lewis. I like yeah, Couldn't make pa- the two pass deep. more could pass along to another program. The other guy couldn't make the two deep. So um I'll keep saying that till the day I die. So it doesn't matter. Um that's it, man. So I'll talk go. to you. Uh, that is the most offensive line talk I've ever talked in my life. A lot. Like, like it's, maybe. I'm sure that a lot of people shut that off pretty quick. I would. I'm asleep. I might not even listen to this podcast. And I I'm asleep right now. Single podcast. I'm not, I haven't been awake for half of it. So <laughs> I'm blacked out. What happened? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, we'll talk next week. We'll talk some more exciting uh, defensive line play. We'll talk about some really exciting transfer. I said in the uh, trenches four times. I'm going to try to say it five times next week. Okay, there you go. I'm going to talk about like, Ryder Anderson for 15 minutes. Like, like what was Super Troopers just keep saying meow? Yeah. So, meow. Yeah. Right, meow. 14 right, times, dude. I think he said. Right. Elio. Elio. Bye. Elio. Awesome day. Elio. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate that. Elio. All right. Great. Elio. Appreciate you guys. Elio. You're welcome, Dave. Have a great day. Elio. Have a great day. Elio. Appreciate you being here with us. Have an awesome day. And Elio. Oh, thank you so much. Elio. Well, thanks so much, Elio. Hey, thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate that. Elio. Appreciate you guys, man. Have an awesome day. Elio. Awesome. Elio. Elio.